0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my throat-dry girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up? I much? I thought you weren't going to do that anymore.
0: Do what anymore? You know what you did. Well, I mean, when you when you cough and we have to restart the recording... <clears throat> because you coughed right like that. Right on the top.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right. You know what? It's winter. I cough. It happens. Yeah. It's 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 life.
0: It's the only time you cough is in winter.
1: Well, I cough more in winter. Clear
0: throated the rest of the year. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> yeah, weirdo. Oh, I am a weirdo. So, Carol. Yes. We've got a uh we've got a big celebration coming up too. Two big celebrations coming up. Two, what are they? Well, we've got our 200th episode. We've done more than 200 tapes, but Oh yeah. but of the Way main, more. of the main show, this is our 200th episode coming up. Wow. We're going to be expecting great things, so we're watching great expectations. That'll be fun. Yeah, I guess. It will be I uh, so uh, Charles Dickens is one of my favorite writers
1: I know which is why I don't know why you're acting like you're like hesitating about great expectations
0: great expectations is not one of my favorites of his books Aww. it's decent but I wouldn't call it outstanding but it should be it should be a good fun time and then we also have the week after that we've got a Christmas party that we're attending. A family Christmas party. After the after the Christmas season, we're going to a family Christmas party. Okay. Yeah, we're all getting together. We're all getting together at my mom's house and having Christmas. So way this is way after Christmas. After Christmas. <laughs> that's right, but that's what happens. Okay. It's odd. Everybody's busy. And then January gets like, ugh. So he's just, oh, by the he's way, just
1: laying this information on me right now. By like the I way, it's no idea.
0: January thirty first, nineteen ninety eight.
1: Yeah, like more than a month after Christmas.
0: This is but this is when I can tell you because then I won't get an argument. We're on we're on the air. It's like talking about it in front of people. <laughs> okay. So you gotta come with me to the family Christmas party. Sure. It's gonna be fun though. I'll bet you other people out there have family Christmas parties that are later than than the holidays.
1: Not that late. Holiday, Not five weeks late. That's that's special shit only your family would do. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, my family's the best in the world, isn't it? Uh, But you know what else is the best in the world? Uh, Odd Detective makes zero much more than nothing. What? (laughs) Just listen to this. Think Sherlock Holmes as an amphetamine-popping, agoraphobic, and Watson as his resentful, overworked, yet odd conduit to the world that terrifies him. And you've got the idea behind Zero Effect, a sharp, entertaining mystery comedy that never allows its considerable cleverness to become its point. Here's that 90s rarity, a mystery more interested in making sense than being cool.
1: See, I don't, I don't imagine that's true because they've got them popping amphetamines <laughs> during the, the show. coolest
0: of drugs, <laughs> amphetamines. You heard it here first. <laughs> Carol endorses amphetamine use. Well,
1: I mean, don't you think that uh, solving mysteries would be easier if you weren't on amphetamines?
0: He's agoraphobic too.
1: It's all weird.
0: Yeah, they obviously they're
1: complicated shit.
0: Right? They're they're going for something complicated. Uh, Daryl Zero, Bill Pullman, you know Bill Pullman,
1: uh, I while you do? were
0: sleeping's own Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like him. Spaceballs Bill Pullman, in fact, is the antithesis of cool. Ooh, ouch. Despite an underground reputation as the world's greatest detective capable of solving seemingly unsolvable cases without ever leaving his desk, Zero is a socially inept neurotic, if not a sociopath. Dear God. Thus his need for the cool, collected public representation of Steve Arlo, Ben Stiller. A lawyer who screens his clients, collects the necessary documents, and interviews witnesses. So, essentially, this is Bill Pullman sitting at his desk. Yeah, this sounds awful. Going over papers and being like, this guy did it. See... Having an
1: agoraphobic person be the star of your show, that, that that does not, that's a mistake.
0: It's tough. I mean, we have to see most of the world through Ben Stiller's eyes, then I guess, right?
1: I guess, but I mean, he's just screening people. The fuck? Sounds awful. Yeah. Boring. No.
0: Well, it's rated R. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. It, like, it seems interesting, but, yeah, I don't uh, know. It
1: seemed interesting until you pointed out that it's mostly at his desk.
0: Yeah. That's the one bit of news I have for today. I could talk more about uh, Miss Monica Lewinsky, but I don't feel like it.
1: <laughs> Interesting. No, what that, else do you have to say about her, though? Like,
0: No, I don't have, any, I don't have anything else to say about it. Just, right. Trust me. There, there's enough people saying enough like horrible things about someone that didn't ask for this kind of uh, publicity, but whatever.
1: You know what's awful? Is, like, everybody's talking shit about her, and, you know, she's got all this bad attention. Sure. I've had two different people come up to me this week and tell me I look just like her.
0: A bit. Not, not. I wouldn't say just like, but a, a little bit. It's, like, kind of upsetting. Why? You both have dark hair. <laughs> you both have curves.
1: Yeah. I guess.
0: You're better looking than she is. Aw. No, offen- no offense, Monica Lewinsky, but... I mean, this is my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but speaking of love, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if we consider what happened with Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton love. But
1: I think that's really up to them. Speaking
0: of love, uh, I feel a massive amount of love for you. Do you? you? So, I feel love for you too. So we're gonna do some massive love.
1: Yay! My favorite
0: tender loving care is what I have for you. I am a mature, full-figured white female. You are a generous white Uh-oh.
1: male. Oh, she's looking for a sugar daddy.
0: Are you neglected at home? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: I think she's a whore. She, she is trying to be a legal whore.
0: I want money, and I want to take care of you because you're neglected at home.
1: I want money, and I won't tell your wife.
0: But she, Exactly. Well, she's got some tender loving care, some TLC. I
1: thought she was going to be like, I'm a nurse or something like.
0: <laughs> what? Do you think nurses are just doing uh, like um, advertising in the, the lonely hearts section?
1: Well, I mean, I think tender a nurse could care. be. And I'm just saying like, that's what I think of when I hear tender loving care. I think of like taking care of a person who's sick.
0: I think of uh, TLC, the band.
1: Well, that, that too.
0: T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili. <laughs> that's what I think
1: of. Is that really their names?
0: Yes. Weird. Well, that's their their stage well,
1: names. Well, obviously not their birth certificate names. <laughs> chili.
0: Welcome to the world, Chili. No last name. <laughs> uh, at your service.
1: How are you now?
0: Well, gay white male awaits your command. Loves to serve. Oof. Party gay white male relationship.
1: Why'd you say gay white male twice? That's a waste of money.
0: That's what it says though.
1: It's such a waste of
0: money. At your service, gay white male awaits your command, loves to serve. Then comma party, gay white male, comma, relationship, comma, west side.
1: West side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking that Tupac would be into this. <laughs> but um yeah, what do you think about that? Awaits your command.
1: Well, I mean, Here obviously at your service. Obviously, he's a freak, but like he can't put together a sentence either.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's like he, it's like he started out okay, and then he suffered brain trauma halfway <laughs> through writing it. Right. He dictated it to somebody. Service. Oh, this rock. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Alright. I got another one here. Alright then. Extr- extremely well-built, intelligent, white uh, Filipino male, I don't know. Seeks a attract- attractive, slim, curious suburban dwelling married white female. Ugh. but, but I don't know what WPM means. White uh, polyamorous male i don't know hmm. white promiscuous <clears> male
1: <throat> that's a good if anybody knows what wpm means
0: but he's let ex- us know he's extremely well built
1: late p com.
0: there you go extremely well built
1: yeah see that's a turn off to me
0: intelligent why
1: when people are like...
0: I'm not extremely oh, well Oh,
1: I'm great. I'm awesome. Like, that's how their ad reads like... I, I what, start Read the beginning again. Extremely well-built. Extremely well-built. Well built. Intelligent. Intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. WPM, whatever that and means. And
1: then you can't even put together a word. WPM. <laughs> whatever. This guy is way too full of himself.
0: Uh, he likes to use adverbs so that I'm out. And he's looking to find
1: a married chick. All these Seeks people looking to cheat.
0: Attractive, slim, curious, suburban dwelling married white female. Why does she have to be? If you're, if what you're looking for is a married, why does she have to be suburban dwelling?
1: He has a very specific fantasy. I don't
0: want any of those urban <laughs> married women.
1: Yeah, well, no, because he wants her to be curious, so she's got to be like inexperienced but oh, open. Oh yeah. So he's got he's got the whole fantasy. He thing wants in his that mind.
0: situation where he walks up behind her in the produce aisle at the grocery store. Right. She's holding like an eggplant or something like that. And he's <laughs> like, "Here's how you tell if it's ready to go." You know, he's like stroking his hand up, like using her hand to stroke it up and down. Yeah, standing you, behind you, her. You you don't know what anything about next, that
1: uh, that fantasy, there, do
0: you? I came up with it on the top of my head just now. Mm-hmm. That's how easy a man can come up with a fantasy.
1: Okay. Are you jealous, ladies? I can come up with fantasies, yeah, yeah,
0: I haven't read any of your fan fiction yet
1: <laughs> I haven't really gotten around to writing yeah. it yet, but it's coming yeah. it's coming
0: well that's what Hard. Fan, that's what fan fiction's meant for right <laughs> uh thirty five year old full figured single white female seeking black p m so again, I don't know what that p means. 30 to 49. For friendship and romance, enjoy cooking, movies, long walks, and romance. Spoil me. No. <laughs> what is BPM and WPM?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think you might be right about the poly because it's not going to be race because they're saying they're white and black with the W and the B. Right. And then. You know, I mean, what else could go there?
0: I don't know. And, words and per everybody,
1: minute. Everybody's looking for cheating anyway, so polyamorous. Why not?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, so, I mean, like, I don't know because when I see WPM, I think words per minute, <laughs> and when I think <laughs> when I see BPM, I think beats per minute. Right. <laughs> Seeking a beats per minute of thirty to forty. To <laughs> oh, you got. You have to have bradycardia to. Uh, <laughs> to go out with her uh, beats per minute of 30 to 49, guys. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Gotta be in super shape.
0: Right. For friendship and romance, enjoy cooking, movies, long walks, and romance. Spoil me. No? No. No spoiling? No. Well, you know what I don't they want. They fail. What? You know what I don't want to spoil? Mm. The movie that we saw today, <laughs> despite the fact that it's like, six years old yeah
1: i was gonna say i think most people have probably seen it by now
0: so we didn't we didn't see anything in the movie theater that we were like we want to see that no everything that's out right now we've already seen that we want to see and everything else we're like "Mm, i don't want to see that
1: yeah, I mean, we, we talked about maybe seeing Fallen because, you know, it looked kind of good, but we decided that Blockbuster was more our speed this week.
0: So we did, we took a trip to Blockbuster and we rented, I believe it's called Dr. Hollywood.
1: Doc Hollywood. And it took us freaking at least 20 minutes of walking around, looking at all the movies to decide what we were going to watch. Come on.
0: That's part of the charm yeah. of being at Blockbuster. I wanted to rent the movie. Here's my fear. Okay. Okay. And don't tune out, everybody. Keep listening, even though what I'm about to say. My fear is that our conversation about this movie might not be that interesting. What? Because what? (laughs) Because (laughs) we've both seen this movie. Uh Uh-huh. We both like this movie. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a good movie. And there's not much more. Like, I hope we have more to say about it. But it doesn't seem like there's that, not that much more to say about it than that. What I wanted to rent was similar time period, a movie called Nothing But Trouble, with Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, the late, great John Candy, Jonathan Candy, and Dan Aykroyd. And that movie is bonkers. <laughs> And to, uh, by the way, Tupac's in that movie, hmm. and it's like it's weird, and like I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about it. But it, like, Carol would have had an aneurysm, I think.
1: What? Why?
0: Watching the movie, and it would have been hilarious to hear her react. Aneurysm.
1: To it. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I was in the late latefee
0: 1994 at AOL.com. If you want us to, at one point, watch the movie Nothing But Trouble.
1: I was in the mood for something familiar and happy.
0: Yeah, she was, a, she was having one of those days where she needed something familiar.
1: Yeah, I needed the movie equivalent of macaroni and cheese. She
0: needed comfort. Exactly. And you got it in Dr. Hollywood.
1: I did. Because it's an awesome movie, and I want to talk about All right. it being awesome.
0: Well, let's talk about how awesome it is. <laughs> Okay, You're up, Carol. Michael J. Smith. Michael what? <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let's back up to a mistake that no human being has ever made Shut in up. their entire life. <laughs> Michael J. Smith.
1: It's Michael W. Smith and Michael J. Fox. Who's Michael W. Smith? A singer. What? A Christian singer.
0: Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I think that his name's Michael W. Smith So
0: so we've got the <laughs> Michael W. Smith's like uh we wanna go back in time to the birth of Christ. <laughs> right? No. Um but I mean Michael J. Smith, you said. <laughs> I am I'm just fucking I can't even. I can't even. Can't even. wrap my head can't around. Make a, I can't even. Can't make the words today. Michael W. Smith. I've never heard of him, but you know I, that doesn't mean anything. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Christian rock.
1: Well, I'm not either. But you know, it's not like I've never heard it either.
0: No, I mean, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure he was big too. Yeah, at some point.
1: Yeah, in the early '90s, like around the church like people would listen to Michael W Smith sure so
0: anyway Michael <laughs> Jerome Fox Is that
1: really what it stands for
0: No I don't
1: Yeah Michael J Fox It
0: should be Michael Jerome Fox Actually I think he wanted to originally go by um I think just Michael Fox but the I guess you, you know how the screen actors guild is there's uh um Already, uh, Michael Fox or whatever in the Screen Actors Guild. And actually, this is a, this is a funny thing. Do you know what his middle name is? Guess, hmm. David. Oh my God, you're so close without knowing it. Okay, it's Michael Andrew Fox. Huh. The J is like because I guess there was a Michael A Fox too, or or maybe he thought Michael A Fox didn't sound as cool. But the J is an initial that is not in his name yeah. at all.
1: That's weird. Yes. A and J sound very similar, so I, I'm assuming it has to have already been taken.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Michael A. Fox. See, my
1: stage name.
0: Michael W. Fox, yeah.
1: Would be Lucretia. 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 Yeah. Just
0: Lucretia. Lucretia, one word. It's my middle um, name. A mononym. And I love it.
1: But, like, yeah. there are a bajillion, you know, Your carols with my last name. And there are, and there were a bajillion carols with my, um, like, what?
0: There are things There are things I want to say about stage names that I would give you. Uh, I don't think I like that. No. Nothing that I can say that's not highly offensive.
1: Anyway, I was trying to say that Michael J. Fox was the star of this movie. Yeah, good. And that he's amazing.
0: And that he su- sung a hymn in the middle of the film. Ha,
1: ha, 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 ha. Um, like... You know, he's been in everything. So, like, everybody knows him.
0: He's good, yeah. He's good. And he's... <laughs> what? That was the most... Like, I didn't even know where that came from, what you just said. Like, that's... Are you on autopilot? Don't worry about it. Are you on, are you on uh, autopilot or whatever? He's... He's been in a lot of things and everybody knows
1: him. You spelled something, okay? He spelled something, and I'm supposed to just pretend like he didn't spell something.
0: I think you just wanna (laughs) I think you wanna gloss over the fact that you just said something dumb.
1: (laughs) I said something dumb because I'm distracted by your clumsy ass.
0: (laughs) Whatever.
1: It's fine. Okay, and then uh, Woody Harrelson, also an awesome actor. He's been in things, right? He's been in things like Natural Born Killers and Cheers.
0: I wanted this to be a prequel to Natural Born Killers.
1: That would have been awesome. But okay, so Doc Hollywood has Michael J. Please, please, please.
0: Dr. Hollywood. This movie didn't go to eight years of medical school to be called Doc.
1: Trying to get across the country to a job interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't he fly? He's a doctor. He has money. He hasn't gotten the job yet.
0: He wanted to tool around in the country in that uh, that Porsche speedster. I guess 1956.
1: I mean, if he'd invested in a plane ticket, we wouldn't have a movie. So, I mean, I guess that's why. But seems kind of dumb. Like if you were going,
0: he went went to the airport and they were like, "No, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael W. Fox. If you (laughs) if you if you buy this ticket." We won't have a movie. And he was like, oh, you're right.
1: <laughs> but um, so, yeah, he's driving across the country. He's got to get to New York or no, no Los Angeles there by Tuesday. Go.
0: He's going from Washington, D.C., Washington District of Andrew, actually. Weirdly.
1: We have no idea what day it is when he leaves, but we know he has to be there by Tuesday. Tuesday. And as he's driving, he sees a woman walking across the road with a goat.
0: Yeah, she was an angel. That's okay. what that's that's later what we found out.
1: Sure. And he swerves to not hit her and he runs over some dude's fence.
0: He runs over the uh, the murderous neighbor from Home Alone's fence. Right.
1: Who, it turns out is the mayor. No, not the no. mayor, the judge.
0: Yeah. Here comes a judge.
1: So he gets sentenced to do community service as a doctor in their hospital. For
0: thirty two hours. Yeah. Which I-, I wanna point out that this is a horrible miscarriage of justice, yeah, because this judge absolutely one hundred percent should have recused himself, but who else is gonna trial? do it? I don't know, but he's he's not fit to try he is a personal vested he is the injured party right in this case, and he's the judge he's like, you I can't,
1: mean, you can't pay me for a fence I built myself, like
0: he should have fuck he should have appealed that decision to the county judge or something like that, I guess that was the county seat, to the, the state the, the state uh, appellate court, Supreme Court or whatever. How he long would that take? But he should have done that, <laughs> because th- that, this is a clear mistrial.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's just a nightmare he's stuck in, because he's not going to go through all that.
0: Now he saw someone's boobs, so <laughs> that's why he decided to stay.
1: Well, no, he stayed initially to do the community service then he saw the boobs yeah i guess but he does see a nice pair of boobs like, i gotta admit those nice. Were nice boobs eh. you don't think so eh. i mean we only see silhouettes but i thought no. they were pretty good full on mm.
0: silhouette in the in the dream but full on the next day oh okay she's yeah, just out right. there and she's like well if you're a doctor If you're a doctor, I ain't got nothing you haven't seen before.
1: Yeah, that's so stupid.
0: I've seen a Playboy before. You're going to walk around me naked?
1: Right. Yeah, most most adult people have seen naked people. That's just how life goes. That doesn't
0: mean you should walk around naked. What a weird fucking bohemian point of view.
1: Yeah. Why was she just naked in front of the... Not even it wasn't even the hospital, it's like his house, like yeah, the house they was, gave him to live in. She
0: was swimming in Dawson's Creek. <laughs>
1: right. It's horny and creek. It, yeah, it
0: made her horny, so
1: <laughs> it was very weird.
0: Now the uh David Ogden Steers is the mayor from MASH. Yeah. And he brings him to the house. He's like, Here, come come with uh three ladies. One of them's horny.
1: Not telling you which one.
0: Three old ladies. Yeah, it was funny. One of them's from the show two two seven. What's that? It's a TV show never heard of it, well, I guess you're not a Marley Gibbs fan, but okay, you don't know Jack a,
1: so these three ladies bring him like Mary. multiple meals, Malt-o-mails?
0: multiple meals, multiple oh, meals, okay.
1: like each of them brings him a full dinner, yeah, including one hungry man dinner, which was hilarious,
0: mm-hmm. and Uzo,
1: yeah, and then they just they're quilting, and he's under their blanket, and they give him Uzo. it's all weird, it's very weird, yeah. And, like, they don't it's even weird live there. It's a weird small town. They don't even live there. Why are they hanging out? Like, let the man go
0: to sleep. They're the welcoming committee.
1: Weirdos. I, th- I feel like they molested him. Like, they, they drugged him with After Uzo. He fell asleep. And then they did things to him under that quilt that we don't want to know about. Wow. And that's why he had those dreams.
0: <laughs> well, apparently it's some sort of, you dream about the person you're going to marry or whatever. Yeah, whatever. And he dreamed about this person he couldn't know existed.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Although I've heard of that happening before. Have you? Yeah. Um, my cousin's friend dreamt about her husband before she knew him. And then when she saw him, she was like, I, I know you.
0: Yeah, okay. It happens. A lot of times we fill in details and dreams when we wake up, you know.
1: Okay, but she didn't know him. Okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> you were going to tell me something last week and I don't remember what it was now. Oh, I don't know. Some, last week you were like, oh, somebody did this or whatever, and I was like, who
1: the fuck did this? Like, I, you're going to have to listen to uh, the tape, I guess, because yeah. I don't remember either. I guess so, But yeah, so he wakes up all hungover or still drunk or whatever, mm-hmm. and so. finds the naked woman swimming outside, and she was supposedly in his dream, so. Yeah. Whatever. Turns out she's the ambulance driver.
0: Yes, yeah, so her name's Lou. Yeah. Valula or whatever.
1: Yeah, Vailula. Like, what What? What kind of name is that?
0: It's a southern name.
1: Is it? Yeah. Have you heard this name before? Oh, of course. Really?
0: You ever been to South Carolina? No. No, don't go. <laughs> no <laughs> offense, South Carolina. I really haven't been to the no, South Sa- much. South Carolina's a, a powerful, nice place. We, <laughs> we love you on South Carolina. You know we do. John Cullum's from South Carolina. Who? I don't know. Okay. I don't think he is actually but
1: anyway. He played
0: Hauling on Northern Exposure. Holling. Yeah, the one that was dating the with the young blonde woman.
1: Oh, the old guy. Yes. Okay. Correct. I know who he gets.
0: He was also in an episode of Quantum Leap. Hmm. Called Catch a Falling Star.
1: You love talking about Quantum Leap. Where he was
0: uh uh in Man of La Mancha.
1: Yeah. I kind of No Sanea. Anyway.
0: You know what? You know what? I love talking more about than Quantum Leap, though. What? Saying elsewhere.
1: This is what I live with day in. Day out. I was you. You should. You were this fucking freak who had to sit here with a hidden tape recorder ready to go just to mess with us. You weirdo.
0: I got you all too. You thought I. You thought I would never do it again, but I got you all. Let
1: you, it go, man. You Let should, it go. You should,
0: have, you should have seen the dancing I was doing while it was. Oh, he was, was so high. happy.
1: So happy with himself.
0: While we have a moment of pause here, though, we have some, some you know, here is a place where we may, we may uh, insert some, some ads for you guys. Okay. So why don't you listen to some things? Hi, everybody. It's your favorite podcasters, Mark and Carol from Retro Late Podcast.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: We're just popping in here real quick to let you know about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Retro Fee. Do you love Retro Late Fee and just wish there was always more? Because there is more over there. We've got Back into the Future, where we talk about stuff from nowadays. <laughs> we've, right. We've got Lost in Time, One Day, <laughs> One Year. And we record our thoughts on that like it's the regular podcast. Maybe we'll
1: do Shakespeare someday. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And as a special for you guys, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, Carol, tell them what they'll get.
1: Some of you have asked about bringing back the mixtape. The mixtape is where we talk about music
0: that's popular 25 years ago,
1: and it was actually one of my favorite segments to make, so I would love it if you guys would subscribe so we can make it again.
0: Yeah, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, we will bring back the mixtape, so go to patreon.com slash retrolatefee, help support us and this uh, beautiful creation that we put out for you every week.
1: So we can keep making more and more episodes soon, it'll be every day.
0: All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Later.
1: Throw on your jinkas, Baby T's, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And
0: remember, be kind and rewind. All right, well, those were probably fantastic ads. That we sold for a pretty penny.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm sure they were fantastic. Anyway, um,
0: back uh, to Doctor Hollywood.
1: So they have one doctor in this town already. Yeah, who, Doc Hogue. Yeah, who's like super old and probably should have retired already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he seems mean.
0: Well, he's he's gruff.
1: Yeah, and I don't really understand why they're like, oh, you know, we definitely need you to be our doctor here, he's though. Old.
0: What? And unpleasant. That's how they say both those things. He's old and unpleasant. And then David Ogden Steers says, "Look, he's not long for this world, or whatever. He's going to die."
1: Yeah, I understand they want him to stay permanently, but since he was only ordered to do community service as a doctor, mm-hmm. it seems stupid because it's not like it's not like they had nobody. It's not like and the, and all the people come running. Like, does Doc Hogue just not work?
0: Yes. Well, that's stupid. You didn't see the sign that nurse packer or whatever picks up the sign which is so funny it's a it's a piece of paper with his picture on it <laughs> he took the time to print out uh, like uh, somehow from a computer like you must have went to a library but he he took the time to print out a page with his picture on it that says reasons to call me you have been shot you have been stabbed you know exsanguination Whatever, you're having a stroke, a heart attack. Big, big things. Other than that, leave me alone. He is there for emergency only. That was for
1: the doctor, though, not for the patients, right? Like No,
0: no, 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 no. That's for everyone. Huh. That's why when they heard... Yeah, because why would he... Why would it be worded like that? Doctor, if you're stabbed or shot, call me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like... they. So that's for everybody. He's basically, he has worked so long for so many years and he's so old, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Well. He wants to be retired. So essentially he's like, well, I'm the only doctor here though, so I guess I have to be here in case of emergencies. But other than that, don't bother me.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So once they found out, and you know, some of them talked to him on the phone, like that seemed like a big thing where they'd call him up and they'd be like, doc, I have this infection. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Stick some coal tar on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awful. So, yeah, this this doctor's a nightmare. Um, they have a case where a kid comes in, mm-hmm. and he's all blue and having trouble breathing. And, like, I think, I want your, I you know, take on this, because, like, I can see both sides. Oh. Uh. Where he thinks this is a real emergency, and he's used to dealing with emergencies.
0: Right, because he's been in the emergency room for the past 18 months. Right. Doing his residency. So
1: you hear hoofbeats, you think horse, not zebra. Sure. And um, so he's like, you know, this is an emergency, call the hospital, have him send the helicopter, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then Doc Hoag's like, give him a Coke. Right. Now, I feel like Doc Hoag should have explained himself.
0: Yeah, that would have been helpful. Instead of
1: just saying,
0: give him a Coke. But in Doc Hogue's defense, the nurse called him. Mm-hmm. And he said to her, he probably has a stomachache. Give him a Coke. And that's what she told the doctor. Right. That's what she told Dr. Hollywood. So he came to the phone and did not let Doc Hogue speak at all. Oh, that's true. He was like, you know, look, it's big boy medicine time or whatever. He's got a mitral valve prolapse. You should have uh, or regurgitation or whatever. You should have, uh, you know, maybe if you knew more what the fuck you were doing, you would have diagnosed it before. But we're sending him to in General. We're cracking his chest open. He's regular fucking doctor. Get your ass over. And then he hangs up the phone. That's how that conversation went. There's no way he had chance to talk. Then he he you know races up there, and then he goes up to the the kid and he's like, you know, oh, you gave him you know whatever this homemade antacid. He gave him too much, so he's turning blue because it's from the, the mm. dye or whatever in the thing.
1: Which is the thing that you know only the small time doctor would know.
0: And then he got into his daddy's chaw, which is why he's having trouble breathing and feeling sick and shit
1: i don't understand why chewing tobacco which i'm assuming that's what chaw is yes would make you have trouble breathing Why well, i don't not like he was smoking
0: yeah i don't know i'm not sure that's the one thing i don't know enough about doctrine right as uh they call it um <laughs> to to really know but that was the one everything else seemed pretty well explained that was the one symptom he came in with that I was like, well, where'd that come from? Yeah, he was like, was like wheezing. He's got diarrhea and uh, his stomach hurts and he's turning blue, which is all explained. But he was also, like you said, going <sighs> like that. Right? Like, where is that coming from?
1: Oh, maybe the kid just, you know, was hamming it up. Um, maybe, I don't know. I want to know, too, though, how the doctor thinks that he can diagnose this very serious heart condition by listening to the kid's chest one time.
0: That is the other thing. Who, like, I, you would need. Tests. Tests, yeah. Like, I would assume x-rays or some kind of scans or something.
1: Probably, you know, consult a cardiologist. Like, I don't think you'd just be like, oh, it's for sure this heart thing.
0: Yeah. Let's go. Maybe take him to the hospital. Sure. To the full service hospital if you think it's something serious, but not say, hey, we're prepping him for surgery. Let's fucking go. Open him up. You know, <laughs> it would be more like he needs to see a, a cardiologist who specializes in this stuff at the hospital where they have the full gamut of tests and everything. Give him the whole workup. I think it might be this, you know. Yeah. and I mean, was his what were his stats? Like, they didn't tell us that. What was his blood pressure? What was his pulse rate? Did what, they even check it? What was his blood oxygenation level? Right. What were his, how were his, uh, his waves, his T-P waves and, and all that stuff, the cardiac waves, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, and, and we know they can test for that because later they do.
1: Yeah, but I bet you uh, Doc Hollywood didn't know they could test for that. Maybe not. Yet, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I mean they were both wrong, they were both right, whatever. The kid was fine.
0: Yeah. They're they're butting heads because they're you know, one's older and set in his ways and small town and the other one's big town.
1: And he has no idea how the small town works.
0: Exactly. He needs John Mellencamp to walk <laughs> through the movie. With Michael W. Smith being like, uh Educated in a little small town. Oh jeez. And Michael J. Michael W. Smith can be like, uh, "An educated in the church" or whatever <laughs> he says. I don't know.
1: <sighs> oh my goodness. Um. So then there's of course the romance uh, where Bridget Fonda is that her name?
0: That's the one that wants him. Yeah.
1: That's not Lou.
0: No, that's the other one.
1: Okay. Well, that's not what I was going to talk about, but okay.
0: Henry Fonda's daughter or whatever, or Peter Fonda's daughter? I don't know. One of the Fonda's daughters.
1: She's another horny one. She belongs on the creek.
0: She does, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, she's, she's the, the mayor's daughter.
1: Yeah, well, she, she's she got, you know, the wanderlust wants to get out of the small town. Right. And she's asking him about, you know, the big city, and he's like, oh, it's great. And, she's like, and he's like, you should go. And she's like, with you? Right. Like, what a free Is that a
0: proposition?
1: Yeah, like, no, obviously not. Like, what the fuck? And, I don't know, everybody in the town's just a little weird and inappropriate. Do you think that's just, like, they've all spent too much time together? Yes, I don't know.
0: A 100%. <laughs> Growing, having grown up in a small town, although not quite the same because it's not a rural small town, but having grown up in a small town, it's that's what small towns are like. I mean, it's a little bit exaggerated, but that's what small towns are like. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody's business and stuff. They do the big cliche thing where it's like the mayor's like, "I'll bet you ten bucks you can't fuck Lou," and he's like, "Oh, I can get it done in a week or whatever." And then Lou later's like, "Oh, I'd hate for the mayor to lose ten dollars on my account."
1: You know, I'm I'm glad though they didn't take it too far. Like I sometimes agree. they take it where it's like, "Oh, I hate you. How could you bet over me or whatever?" She's just like, "Yeah, whatever." I know, haha, and that's the right. end of that. And yeah. she's not, and she's still interested him in, in yeah. him
0: somewhat, yeah. She has a daughter. Yeah. She's resistant. She is
1: resistant, but she also is very obviously into him. Yeah. And I think she's just scared. Well, it's
0: Michael W.J. Fox. I mean. (laughs) Shut up. It's Michael W.S.J. Fox. Wall Street Journal Fox.
1: (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) She, um, I think she's just scared because she did go away to New York and was with some dude and got pregnant. And- a Chippendales dancer, yeah.
0: and she was a bartender. She makes him a a slow screw, Com- a slow comfortable, comfortable screw up against a wall. wall. Yes, yeah, which is slow gin, slow gin, like you know, from that's a type of gin. Slow, that's that, whatever. Anyway. Uh, Slow gin, Southern Comfort, so slow, comfortable, screw for screwdriver, Mm -hmm. so it's uh, orange juice and vodka is also in this drink, and then whatever's in a Harvey Wallbanger, but I can't remember what's in that. Okay. But that's the other thing in it. Wow. Yeah.
1: I had no idea that there was a a reason for the name, I just thought it was a... Interesting. Oh, there's a
0: reason for all the like "sex on the beach." That's, uh-huh. There's triple sec in there, so that's where they get the sex from. And stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that, that. All those names come from somewhere. Interesting. Yeah, that's bar, that's all bartenders do, or mixologists or whatever do, is they they look at the different names of the liquor and they try to come up with puns.
1: So, what about like uh, I don't know, a strawberry daiquiri?
0: Well, okay, daiquiri is just a. a a Spanish word. <laughs> okay. But, and strawberry is a fruit. It is, yes. <laughs> but, technically, not a berry. Whatever. But a banana is technically a berry. So it's a pineapple. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Guess what? A tomato is technically a berry as well.
1: So weird. Yes, I am. So... <laughs> While he's trying to work off his community service hours, yes. his car also needs to be repaired. Yeah, because
0: it crashed into a fence.
1: He still wants to try to make it to this job interview. He was supposed to be there Tuesday, but he calls and says, hey, I'm not going to make it for Tuesday. Can I make it Friday?
0: But, and they're like, yeah, whatever.
1: But then, like, he's not going to fucking make it Friday either. It takes forever to get his car fixed.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, they, they they need to send out for to Oregon for this fuel pump or something like that that needs to get replaced.
1: And then there's this whole, This kind of funny, this whole thing where, like, everybody's exchanging things because he doesn't actually have the cash.
0: Yeah, he's got a check or credit card, but they don't take that shit. They take cash.
1: Yeah, and he, he can't get the cash. Like, what do you do? Like, I don't even know what to do in well, that situation. Apparently you obtain a pig.
0: <laughs> right. Because the guy who's footy fixed gives him a pig, and he's like, here, take this pig. And he's like, all right. So then he trades the pig for the part that he needs, but they're going to butcher the pig. And all of a sudden, this this woman that he likes and her, her daughter are emotionally invested in this pig. The daughter likes pigs. Yeah, and she the Lou's a vegetarian.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, she's very much against like you know any kind of eating or killing of meat. Yeah. So, so the point that she wants to run around in the forest, pissing all over the place. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the best part of the movie is the romantic peeing montage. Every romantic comedy needs a peeing montage. You know that
1: was somebody's happy wet dream. Where they're,
0: apparently, I guess, (laughs) they're running around pissing all over plants to scare away deer from the hunters. And, like, we get this loving shot of them in the background and in the foreground a plant that's just dripping with urine. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I sent an apology letter to Quentin Tarantino for his foot fetish. <laughs> like, this is not bad, Mr. Tarantino. No. Keep showing feet in your movies. Please. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I'll look at feet all day and so I don't have to look Holy at this. Holy shit.
0: It's <sighs> like a German directed this. <laughs> anyway, um, no offense, Germany. You, uh, We know that you love us in, in Germany, so. Uh, <clears throat> Tag? Uh, what? Wie geht's? Wie geht's? Oh, Carol, assistant los.
1: I have no idea what the fuck you're saying, and you know it. Anyway,
0: Kerl ist a Stern. Uh,
1: cómo se dice? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I come to the discothèque? Is that what you said?
1: I said, "How do you say?" Oh. Um. Anyway, go ahead. I don't remember what I was trying to go ahead with. Peeing. No. no. they're
0: exchanging the uh, the pig. So then he's got to go to the butcher, and the butcher's like, well, let me tell you something. I'll give you the pig back if you spend, I don't know, a couple hours carving meat for me.
1: Right. So, so it's like,
0: okay, whatever.
1: So in the end, he gets his car part by butchering.
0: Yeah, for a couple hours. Yeah. That pig was had, had to be worth like $1,000. Wow. The meat for that pig, 100%.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. So... Okay, so they order the car part, but still, he's gonna be late.
0: Yeah, but he's got the pig, and he gives it to the girl. Yeah,
1: um, they have a big festival. Yes, and they have a
0: certain type of squash which looks like an orange zucchini, but apparently, it was apparently it was going to the Chicago World's Fair at the same time the zucchini was going, but their shipment got derailed. And then people fell in love with the zucchini. I guess. I mean, like, I don't know anyone that loves the zucchini necessarily. Right.
1: But I like zucchini bread. Yeah, it's
0: okay. But anyway, so they were like, "Ah, oh, we would have been, we would have been the biggest fucking town in the world if <laughs> uh, that had gone to the World's Fair in like the 1800s."
1: But alas, <laughs> it's weird. Um, but yeah, they have this nice big festival to celebrate their fucking zucchini or whatever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) squash festival. Yes. And you can see, you know, he's falling in love with the town and, you know, he's getting comfortable there and Mm -hmm. he's falling in love with Lou and she's falling in love with him. And
0: And Woody Harrelson's falling in love with himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, she invites him out onto a boat. Miss Lou. Yeah. And tries to give herself to him. Oh, yeah. And he won't have it. He's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. He, he won't was... have <laughs> it.
0: He said, I talked to Paul W. Smith. And he said, premarital sex is no-no, Lou.
1: I mean, I think he just he was really falling in love with her, and he didn't want it to be a one-night stand. She's like, I'm just not used to being a one-night stand, but right. it's okay. And he's yeah. like, nah, I don't want that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of sweet or whatever.
0: I think he was scared to have sex in a boat.
1: That would be scary. Like, you yeah. fall over. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So instead, he's like, I'm going to run away. So he breaks into the car place because his car's fixed. So weird. Like, yeah, and it's shitty. Just like, wait. Yeah, leave in the morning, you freak.
0: What are you, fucking Art model moving the uh, Baltimore Colts under the cover of darkness?
1: But it's kind of a good thing he does it because on his way out of town, he runs into a pregnant patient. Was in labor
0: yeah breach
1: that i mean that was a very tense scene
0: he's got to put the chains on her
1: <laughs> but it it doesn't sound like it went right
0: <laughs> no <laughs> you know no but it, but it, it all works out
1: but i mean like he said i have a leg like i thought i thought that he We're was turning the off. baby around he said he yeah. was turning he was, the baby he was, around
0: he was supposed to be
1: and instead, sometimes, sometimes the babies don't turn. Oh God! I mean, like, wouldn't limbs rip? Like, I mean, the whole thing just makes no. you want to vomit.
0: No, they don't rip. What are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe it's not made of paper.
1: It doesn't sound good. Just one leg's coming out. What happens to the rest of the baby?
0: The other leg comes out too. It's not like he's not going to fucking wishbone this kid. <laughs> and it's it's shoulders like it's arms like. Well, that's here. Then that's the thing. I don't, like I said, I don't know much about doctoring, but that's the, for the most part, a woman can just have a baby on her own. It doesn't really need a doctor. I mean, obviously, better to have a doctor, safer. Don't,
1: you know. Have, I don't know about on your own. Have doctors.
0: Uh, well, they, they used to do it. But what I'm saying is the body does most of the work, right? Right. But the shoulders, that's the part, because the shoulders are the widest part of the baby. So you get the head through, right? And then they always tell you. Don't push. They're like push, push, push. Head comes through. The head's all the way through. The baby's mouth is open to the air. Baby can breathe. And they say wait, and they turn the shoulders. They just they kind of like like you're getting a ch- like you're getting a chair around the corner or something like that, right? They just turn the shoulders a little bit so you, they can go one out, the other out. And then when the shoulders come out, the baby just like zips right out because the rest of it is like small compared to the head and shoulders, right? So, um, so yeah, the shoulders—that's the toughest part. And breach, I would imagine, it would still be the toughest part. But you'd have to get both legs at the same time. Like one leg was probably coming out, they grabbed the other leg, and then you know you you got to get it out fast because you don't want the baby to start sucking in fluid from right. outside, oh. right? So you, that's the that's why the the head is you, supposed to come out first. So then you got to quickly turn the shoulders and get the baby out. You got to get the baby out of there quick if it's breach.
1: It just sounds awful. And, like, I know it's, you know, got to be super painful for the woman, like even more painful than normal.
0: Yes. Look. And that's, to me, that's probably the biggest risk is for the mom because you don't want tearing and stuff like that.
1: Oh, know? I'm sure there had to be tearing. Anyway, anyway, let's not think too much more on
0: this. Yeah. Um, no time for an episiotomy. <laughs> don't don't look that up at the library, anybody. Right.
1: But um there is a semi truck coming while he's, you know, helping deliver this baby in the back of their car. And this car. dude's just
0: falling asleep at the wheel.
1: Yeah. And like the doc had abandoned his car in the road to go help them, and so he just left his brand new fixed nice car in the middle of a road mm-hmm. and it gets T boned.
0: Now by a what I semi. wanna see what I wanna see is the judge the next day and that truck driver before the judge saying, uh well, we need, uh, we need drivers in this town. Right, right. <laughs> You're sentenced to 46 hours of driving for us. <laughs> Aw, nuts.
1: That would be funny. But, I mean, like, what's really sweet is that the whole town chips in to get him a plane ticket so yeah. he can go to his interview.
0: And he does go to his interview. And it's the big reveal. And, I mean, God love him. But at this point he is essentially just a punchline when he's in a movie now, I guess. <laughs> but it's a big reveal, he turns his chair around, this big doctor they've been talking about the whole time is George Fucking Hamilton. George uh fell asleep on a tanning bed, Hamilton. It's the tannest man in the world. He's an actor.
1: I have no idea. He played who he is.
0: Zorro the Gay Blade. Yeah, that point. doesn't help me. He was an actor in like the fifties and sixties and stuff, but he's a, a very tan man. Okay, ah, uh, but yeah. So anyway, he's the doctor, and he's like, "Oh, Doc Hoag, you think you're going to get special treatment because we went to the same, we, we grew up in the same town, because I knew your father, because I'm delivering all this backstory to you right now, <laughs> in artfully." And he's like, "No, of course not." And he's like, "Yeah, well, Doc Hogue said you're the best, so I guess you're in."
1: Which is weird because he doesn't know Doc Hoag. So why does he care?
0: I expect him to be like Doc Hogue was uh, the, the, the doctor that I interned under or something
1: right. like that. Yeah, like there'd be some reason he'd listen, but. But no. He just does. He's just
0: like another doctor vouched for you. <laughs> so you're in. Everybody else, they were way more qualified than you, but no doctors like spoke up for
1: him. Right, right. So it shows like this montage of, you know, his life being empty now.
0: Yeah, because he's he's sucking fat from people and stuff.
1: Yeah. And, like, the doctor's telling him, too, like, there are some, you know, things that we do as plastic surgeons, because that was what the job was for, mm-hmm. that do matter, like fixing cleft palates and things. Right. And I Air would imagine. Lips and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine that would be true. He's like, so, you know, 90% of what we do is just this, and it's, like, liposuction.
0: Yeah, liposuction, breast implant We don't see breast implants, but it's, like, you know, that's got to be part of it, too. Right. But, like, yeah, he goes, this is a volume business. And they're just going from surgery to mm-hmm. surgery to surgery to surgery, just, like, bang, 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 bang.
1: And then he's like, let's go golfing. Yeah. And they're making a, a ton of money, and he, like, has this beautiful view of the city, you know, this nice apartment. Same but quite. he's all alone. So, um... He goes back. Well, he doesn't... (laughs) 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 That girl that liked him a lot.
0: Bridget Fonda. Yeah.
1: She and Hank, who liked Lou.
0: Woody Harrelson.
1: They show up and, you know, tell him that they're together now, that they took what they thought his advice to them was, and they left
0: the the town. You know, the first time I saw this movie, I thought that they were together. I thought they said they were together. Uh Uh-huh. But they never do. I think it's just implied they are together.
1: Oh, uh, maybe they're not. They mm-hmm. might
0: not be. I don't know. Maybe but they
1: just left together. I
0: think they should be.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're similar kind of people. But he thinks that uh, Lou's going to marry Hank when he leaves.
0: She tells him that. Yeah, well, that's she to get him to leave.
1: Yeah, so he realizes she's, you know, not married. Just she's there alone, and he's like, fuck this. I'm going there. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works out.
0: Yeah, and then... Uh, Bridget finally says, oh, is that a celebrity? And he goes, no, it's not a celebrity. It's Ted Danson. That was funny. I worked with him in a bar once. (laughs) And then he looks at the camera and winks. Right. Um, So this movie is a Frank Capra movie.
1: Okay. I don't really know what that means.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Frank Capra directed It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Never saw that one. Uh, It's very good. Also Jimmy Stewart. Very good. Actually, it's my favorite Uh, of the Frank Capra movies. But in the 40s and the 50s and stuff, he directed movies like that where Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is about a a young man that, well, youngish, it's it's Jimmy Stewart, so he never looked that young. Right. (laughs) Um, But a, a, a young man who gets elected to the Senate, elected to Congress, from this small little town, and he goes to Washington, and is you know overcome by all this corruption and everything like that, right? And so it's like he wants to, he's trying to, he's fighting against insurmountable odds to do good in the world, right? So Frank Capra, that's that's his his movies were always about little guys that made a big difference in in you know everybody around them, right? Hmm. Like idealistic nice guys and very Americana and all that kind of stuff, right? So this movie is in that same, like this is a very Frank Capra-esque movie. Right. And it's, to me, I don't want to say it's a pale imitation, but to me it's like, it's Capra-esque, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's anodyne. It's not, like there's not... It's fluff. There's a lot of fluffiness there to me. However, the charm of Michael J. Fox because it's a it's a largely inoffensive, just kind of blah film, right mm-hmm. on the on the page. But the charm of Michael J. Fox goes a long way in this movie.
1: Yeah, I guess. to to carrying this
0: and the the great supporting characters. You know, um, Woody Harrelson and. Bridget Fonda, and I don't don't know the woman who plays Lou, but she's also very good in the movie. Um, But these, and David Ogden Steers, obviously. But these, uh, all these people, their acting ability raises up this this material, I think. Because this easily, if Michael J. Fox is in this movie, I really feel like this movie is not like a nothing, like just Mm. nothing to me. I don't
1: know. I mean, like,
0: I enjoyed the story. It's a decent story, but it's it's a very dull Capra esque kind of story. When you really, when you really drill down to it, there's not, there is not a lot of new ground being covered here.
1: Okay, but it, it feels good. It's a feel good movie. It made me feel good and I needed to. So I don't care.
0: But Michael J. Fox is <laughs> Michael J. Fox is what makes it interesting. Okay. To me. You're probably right. Yeah, of course I am. It's <laughs> me. So what did you feel about it?
1: I already told you I like it a lot. All right, good. It it was a very comforting movie. I enjoyed it. It made me happy. What did you think?
0: I thought it was good. I think we had a decent discussion. Yeah. I see? still think it would have been better to watch Nothing But Trouble. But...
1: Okay, next time we can't figure out what to watch, we can watch Nothing But Trouble.
0: All right. Well, anyway, that is the episode for the week. Carol, uh, I don't know. Tell people things.
1: So you can write us at latefee 1994 com. Yes. Check out our website at www.RetroLateFee.com. Mm-hmm. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll
0: see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.